What up, everybody? It is Nate with Street Wave, and uh, Dom's not here with us this evening, but he's here in spirit, brother man. We hear you. Uh, best of luck with your family out there. Um, anyway, we are here down in the crossroads at uh, a new building, Sweat Theory. Old, old building. Old building. Renovated building. Yeah, yeah. Come a little, come a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Um, 107 years old. Yeah. Shit. So all of the brick, ceiling, that's floor, that's original, then... They, the the building owner, he renovated it this past year and, and split it up into three different units, and and that's where we're at. Damn. Yeah. I mean, for the listeners, they don't know, we are inside Sweat Theory, Correct. which is a VIP-only, you know, moment. Yes. You know. Not open we, to the public yet. Not open to the public yet. We're here with Brandon. Brandon, what's going on, man? Thank you for your time. Brandon is the one that owns the spot, that has created this spot, has thought of the spot, and now this is the spot yeah. you know it, it's here uh we want to know your story um we've heard a little bit about you dom and i we've done some research we've talked to homies we know you're a great guy well, we know you. you know um you're a hard worker um so tell us your story where it all started where you're from where you went to high school college and then where you are now and then we'll talk about the next chapters but sure. go ahead all you man yeah so uh, I'm a Northlander here in, in Kansas City, so I was born in Overland Park, but then raised in North, not North Kansas City, but like Berry Road area, so Barry I went to Park Road. Hill, yeah. um, and then went to, I started at Mizzou in a computer science degree, because at the time, I, I mean, I, I'm still good with IT stuff, but at the time I thought I was into coding, and after a few intro classes, I learned that I'm more design oriented and not mm. back end coding type yeah. thing. You know, they say you have to want to go through thousands of lines of code a day and, and enjoy it. And that wasn't me. So ended up, I stayed there for a little bit and then I, I switched to Central Methodist University and, and got a business management degree. Nice. Um, and, you know, during that period, um, I stayed in Columbia. Fa uh, Central Methodist, it's in Fayette, Missouri, but it's a super small town. And Ooh. Where, where's that in Missouri? Is it southeast? It's middle Missouri. Middle Missouri? Colum it's okay. right by okay. Columbia. Okay, okay. I, forget where where yeah. I should know what, <laughs> what that is. But, but yeah, so Fayette's like 30 minutes from Columbia, but they have a satellite campus in, mm. in Columbia. And so... Um, I had majority of my credits from MU and then just kind of transferred that stuff over and I did better at, at those other classes and, and finished up there. Um, and then ended up coming back to Kansas City. Why Kansas City? Well, so basically family yeah. is, is the thing. There's yeah. other places I'd like to live, yeah. uh, but I've got 12-year-old little brother that, that I enjoy seeing. Definitely. And both Definitely. My parents are, are split up, but dad's here, mom's here, and mom has health issues. So, like, I just would rather kind of yeah be here for her, be here yeah. for her, and yeah. you know, later on in life, I can do what I want and definitely and go out where I want definitely. to. I feel like the best things in life come out that way if your family's always first. Sure, definitely for me. Um, being so distanced from other family members, like my mother lives in Fort Scott, my father lives in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So, which I love Fayetteville. I love Arkansas. So, my dad, he's from he's from Arkansas. Oh. Um, a small town called Gravit. Okay. So, um, I think it's like 45 minutes or so from Fayetteville. It's okay. northwest Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. I've probably you've been probably really close to Bella it. Vesta. I okay, yeah. Heard of that. It's yeah, like for sure. It's 25 minutes from there. Yeah, so like, like Rogers. Family, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm right exactly. there with you. So, uh, that's where I spend some of the holidays. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite spots, speaking of Arkansas, man, I get excited to talk about Arkansas because it's like my, my getaway. Yeah. My father lives in Holiday Island, which is just outside of Eureka Springs and retirement community, quote unquote. So, there's nobody out there. And so, just getting some peace and some quiet in my life, it's a nice balance and I can escape the city. You know, sirens, yeah. all that shit that goes on. Um, I can get away. Want. Yeah, exactly. I love Bentonville. Bentonville's yeah. like one yeah. of my favorite things. Old Onyx Walmart Coffee. Yeah, that's that Union Square, the town square, wherever. Um, so many other like developing, like entrepreneurs going in and developing new stores down there. It's incredible. Um, it kind of reminds me of what's going on here right now. Sure. In this area. Um, 19th and Grand is where we're at at the Sweat Theory. Um, 
but to jump back a little bit, I want to hear this story because we did some research on the first company that you were a part of, you started, right? Correct. Um, well, head, the headstand display. Yeah. So I, I just want to hear, I want to hear the story. Yeah. Um, cause I went, I, you, you passed me on the information through Instagram and I went to check it out and I was like, this shit is insane. So I want to know the story. Well, before that, okay. just to get, so that wasn't the first, okay. um, to give a, one more back. Well, there, so there's an intro to that, but then there's one other small business that I had. Oh. I won't, I won't talk too much on that. Okay. Um, so from probably like age six or seven, I was hugely into reptiles. I don't know what caused it. I just like, I, I, I okay. like them. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm glad you mentioned that. I had a ball python, right, in high school. Um, bought it from, obviously, a, a, you know, a guy on the DL that was selling them out of his house in Fort Scott. Bought one, and it died on me. Um, I didn't know it was like supposed to be like force fed or something like that. Well, it's like a small or something. They won't eat properly, and and then you do have have to do that. But yeah. But yeah, sometimes think, they're tricky like that. Yeah. Also, like the weather. I think my uh, my terrarium sure. was not hot enough or warm enough for him. I tried. You know, I got all the right things, right. followed the directions that I could. But anyway, cool. Keep on going. That well, just that well, just took well, me. Well, so, um, I finally like when I was twelve, I finally convinced my dad to let me get a snake so that i got a ball python yes that was my first first reptile um and with that i you know started getting into the reptile industry and so i you know there's a a reptile expo that was you went to one dude i went to oh shit so many of them yeah yeah so so there's one that was in kansas city that Mm. was at like a the hilton kind of by the airport and i tried to go to them there was a, a kansas city herpetological society that I joined to, to meet people. And so I kind of started getting into the reptile community and, and learning and, you know, people are making livings breeding reptiles and selling them at expos and selling them online. And that was kind of like my first eye opener that you can do something like that, that you love, even if it's a small business and still provide for your family while having fun traveling to different expos. Um, and so one of the, the key people in that, at, at the, the Kansas City show, I met a guy named Bob Clark, and he had a son that's a year younger than me. And we, we connected, and then I became good friends with him. Well, his dad's like top three snake breeders in the U.S. What? Um, he, he kills it. And, and now the U.S. market's kind of um, – downsized a little bit it's lots of people have gotten into it so snakes that used to sell for six grand they now sell for like 300 or so but so he travels and he'll go to to china and uh, the netherlands and do all these shows and and like he's killing it but so at that point i i got a couple breeding pairs and started breeding the ball pythons wow and had a website called presley reptiles and is it still out there? No, that's, oh, okay. that's not yeah. out there anymore. I so, <laughs> uh, so I, I did that for a while. And then once uh, I did that from age 12 or 13 to um, to about high school and then kind of cut back a little bit just because I was getting, you know, hanging out with friends, being being a, a high schooler. Um, I still kept all the snakes, though. Um and so was it ever a pickup line for like, Hey, come check out my snakes. Kind of. But now like I'm, I'm, hesitant. I so would have done that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. People back then were a lot more accepting of it. Right now. There's, I've had an instance where someone's like, once they found out I had snakes, they like didn't want to talk to me because they thought I was a weirdo or something <laughs> like only because of the snakes. Like shame on them. Anyways. Shame on but them. So that was the first entrepreneurial venture. And Starting at age six. No, well, that was when the reptile passion started. Okay. The, 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 the breeding venture started 12 or 13. Damn. Yeah. So and so at one point, I had uh, 45 or 50 snakes in my mom's basement. Uh, <laughs> shout out to my mom for letting me do that. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. But yeah, so when, when college came, I got rid of everything but three, which I still have. Those were... I, those were the originals. Um, and then 
I ended up I bought two more these past couple of years just to kind of get into it a little bit more, but just like a personal thing. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the first venture. Damn, you're not weird for having snakes, by the way. Oh, that's I, fucking I know badass. I'm not weird. Yeah, like, no, no, no. Just, but they have their their own connotations about that. snakes, and I understand people don't like them, and yeah, yeah. I don't like spiders well, and bugs. Right, I don't like spider and bugs either, but I love snakes. I love reptiles, yeah. crocodiles, lizards, yeah. whatever you call. I'm just it, so I had, attracted I had all to all kinds of stuff. Turtles. Let me tell you this quick story real quick. So when I was over in South Africa, we were driving by on this road, and a chameleon was on the road, and it was, like, walking across. And Slowly. Yeah, yeah. And so I I picked it up using, like, a styrofoam end, and it started, like, hissing at me, True. making these weird-ass noises. But I've never seen a wild one in real life. Like, in South Africa, I mean, that that's the norm. Like, not to say that you could be driving down a highway in Johannesburg and see, like, lions and shit on the side of the highway or anything but like you had to go to reserve to see those but to see like wildlife like that that was insane so yeah. to see that for the first time was really cool to and me there's no there might be a couple little chameleon species in like florida but in the u.s there's there's nothing like that right yeah yeah and so i i tried to like touch it and stuff and it was like you know snapping at me and yeah, yeah it was it's pretty pissed off i i picked him up because i think like he was on i'm trying to help you yeah, little buddy yeah he, he was on an adventure I was just trying, like you said, trying to, uh, trying to help him. Um, so as you were saying, from there, from the reptiles, what happened after? Well, so that was the first venture. Um, then, so around college, I, I got rid of everything but those those few. Um, and then, you know, I always kind of want to have a project going. And one of my buddies, he, he was going to... Uh, not northwest in Chicago, northwest in the middle of, God, what is it? It's in, it's in Missouri. Is it in Missouri? Yeah. Anyways, smaller college. Okay, good. Uh, but so he was out there. So his name's Zach. He was one of my best friends growing up. And we were interested in the, the glass pipe industry. So, you know, we were smoking and, and going to smoke shops and things. And there's just with anything, there's a high-end market. So there's, I mean, just with painting and, and sculpture, there's, there's people that collect glass pipes by, by artists. And, you know, there's expos that these artists go to. They sell their glass. They Fuck. sell it wholesale awesome. to distributors. Yeah. They sell it retail. And we noticed that there were some e-commerce sites that were out there, but a lot of them had, like, low quality photos or they had like one photo or they're they're just there's kind of a lack of online glass shops and part of that is because people don't want to necessarily ship paraphernalia um but that was kind of just a, a risk that we kind of dealt with but so we started an e-commerce site called boro boutique and boro is short for boro silicate which is the type of glass that these pipes are made out of and so is that like a lot not to interrupt is that a large percentage of glass this this day and age is made out of that material the the pipes are okay i okay. can't speak for for like drinkware and glass right, right. yeah like yeah that. no but, but definitely yeah. pipes but yeah and you're talking like water bongs as well yeah like, yeah, yeah. Water pipes, all of that sorry, water, water pipes bongs. uh rigs those are made from borosilicate glass okay cool and so i shortened it to boro boutique because we were a, a small you know we focused on some of the major artists, but had a limited, limited availability of things. Um, and so we kind of, something that led to that, there was a shop here in Kansas City called C&G Glass. And it was on Broadway, I believe, further down. Okay. Um, and the, so the owner of that, he had his retail shop, but he had a distribution company. And so he sold glass to basically every primary shop across the country. Wow. And, like, all these artists, they know he could sell their stuff. So they they were like, if you want my glass, get it through Al, through CNG. And so Zach and I would frequent the shop and became good friends with him. And then he's like, well, so if you guys want to, to do a site, then get some glass through me and, and you can do it. So we built this site. Uh, started taking, I mean, we had, you know, 10 plus photos of each pipe. You know, people, if they're going to buy something expensive offline, they need to be able to see all of it. 
and that was one of the main things. Um, and in that, we realized that, you know, for some of these photos, we needed displays. And there were some displays out there, but they were either they weren't mass produced or they were super expensive. Like a lot of them were just made out of wood that someone, you know, made in a wood shop and, uh, you know, $100 for a single display. That's not really like feasible for a lot of people. Well, we ended up uh, shutting down the site after a couple years. We had decent sales, like we made profit, but he was kind of going, he wanted to move out to Colorado. I kind of, I was staying in Missouri. And at one point, whenever we were low on inventory, we just kind of wanted to to shut it down, basically. Shut it down, yeah. Well, so after Zach and I ended up shutting down the e-commerce glass site and and I merged into the display company, uh, he started experimenting with producing edibles um, out of his, his home kitchen at the time, which all of us made made some sort of edibles at one point um, but he kept at that and ended up moving out to Colorado Springs and started actually making a dent in the the edible world out there so he started a company called robots edibles that is absolutely killing it and uh, just wanted to to give a shout out to Zach, um, and he'll be bringing robots edibles here to Missouri here in the future. So um, be on the lookout for that. And so right after that, I made some prototypes for some displays, and I was in. This is when I was in Columbia, and so I went to a couple shops and was like, "Hey, if I made these displays, would you buy some for your shop?" and Dreams Smoke Shop is the first guy that was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And so uh, these displays are made out of acrylic, and I, they're, they're black and white because, you know, glass is all different colors. You want something that's going to go with everything. Um, but so I made a – I found a manufacturer in China, had these produced. I had 100 of them made and then sold out. I mean, you know, 100, but it's, there were 20, there were four different ones, 25 of each. Like, that's not a ton, you know? So, sold out of those, and then that was just one, one design. One? One, yeah, like a single, it was a slide holder, so the, the slide, or the bowl that goes in a water pipe, that's what this display held. And instead of it sitting on its side, on a shelf, it was, it fit in this display upright the oh way wow. it's supposed to yeah, be right uh and just looked more presentable and you know smoke shops aren't the most organized places or professional places and this added some presentation and professionality right. where did um how did you come up with that idea for the display did it was it while you were just fiddling around were you high when you did well, it or, I, mean, oh, was well, it a, I might have been but it was just <laughs> i i knew there were some displays out there but they were too expensive and like weren't necessarily readily available. And I just thought that, I mean, aside from shops using them, there's collectors and they would buy those as well. And so I wanted something that could be sold at a price that they could afford, you know, to mm. buy. Meeting people where they're at rather than going, sure. here's the price H- coming. Higher. Right. Jump, 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 you know. And yeah, so I, I just started figuring out like what materials could possibly work. Um, and yeah, I just did sketches and then I did cardboard mock-up and then, um, I reached out to us manufacturers first, just, I mean, plastic companies basically. Yeah. And their prices were just way too high. Were this, were this the responses on that? Like, did you have to wait a long time to hear a price quote or was it like, no, I could get uh, a quote back in, I mean, three to five days probably, because okay. I had everything sketched out. I have all the measurements. Yeah. I'm like, this is what I need. This is the, the quantity that I would right. start with. What can you do? Yeah. And so those were all too high. Um, and then, you know, you always hear about China manufacturing. I obviously want to keep things local, yeah. but when you're starting out, sometimes you just, 
you got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. You know, iPhones are made in China. They're <laughs> not made here. I'm pretty sure uh, this recorder's made in China. And that's a price point thing. Yeah. Uh, but so I did find a manufacturer that I worked with in China that was producing these displays for me, um, but with long lead times, like eight weeks, because they're coming from China. Yeah. Uh, and that worked for a little bit, but then there were issues with like damaged product like one one order of you know probably 10 big boxes 80 percent damaged because of lack of protection inside yeah and you know when you if you have things sold and then you're waiting on this and then you don't have that inventory again then Mm. that kind of screws you yeah um and so it's like ordering halfway in between waiting to get your order in. That's how like on top you have to be. Yeah. With pre-orders comes even more frustration, right? right? Yeah, definitely. And so I ended up finding a a man a plastics company here in Kansas City that oh. that actually somehow met. It, they didn't meet it. It was probably just it was less than a dollar difference in cost, and I was like this is great let's let's do that let's do. Yeah. so yeah um started with all these displays just for smoke shops smoke shops and glass collectors hmm. um and then some shops started asking well can we get this with our branding on it because this had my headstand displays logo uh headstand displays came from he- heady glass so, like, a lot of the glass that's real fancy, they call it heady. Oh, wow. Um, and so I kind of shortened that. It's a stand. You're teaching me so much shit on this glass object because, like, oh, all man. these all these questions and all these, like, thoughts have been in my mind every time I'm in a glass shop yeah. or head shop, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, you know, who manufactured it? What does it look like? What does it resemble? Is there funny, you know, iconic glass figures on it? You know what I mean? Like, to make that more comfortable and more funny for, you know, not just for yourself to smoke, but other people, you know? Right. So you have to, I'm sure you have to keep that in account with, like, doing displays. Is like, how will this match together as a whole? Exactly. Um, so, as you were saying, though, people were asking to have their branding on the display? Correct. How did you take that? Well... Were you like, yeah, let's go? Well... I didn't. I I didn't quite say yeah. Let's go. I should have always said you know you're supposed to say yeah. Let's do it and then figure it out. Yeah. That way you don't shut someone down accidentally and then your opportunity is lost. Right. Um, but I kind of wanted to figure out exactly how that would happen because at the time these displays they were just etched and then had like some paint fill in it, so nothing fancy. And I didn't exactly know how I was going to get these these logos and branding like in full color on these displays. Like you you could do a sticker, like that's easy, but yeah. that's not permanent. Right. It doesn't look the way it should. Right. Um there's different applications and whatnot, but so I I did find a found someone that can print directly onto this plastic. And so from there I started doing like branded displays for smoke shops. And and with that some some glass artists were seeing these displays and they were like, "Oh, well I kind of want that for my glass too." Like, you know, they're selling glass to these shops and they'd like their products to stand out from the rest of it. So then I started doing some customs for some glass artists with with their branding and and like each just these displays were then custom fit for for their stuff now did you have to be picky with who you were deciding on to to do this for like what artists or did you were you just like whoever hits me up first or was it hard to say uh, there's a lot of questions i want to ask you (laughs) um was it hard to say yes and no to different artists uh the main factor in that is the quantity they wanted okay some of them they're like can i do two displays and like at the time that wasn't possible i mean it would be super expensive for them if i wanted to still make money on this with the the display company are you still displaying um displays with companies um throughout the country so i am uh there's still shops that that are taking wholesale orders 
but I've, I've cut back from the custom side of things just because that's a lot more labor intensive. And with this new project, I, I would, I mean, I have to hire someone else to basically to do all that. And right now I'm just trying to focus on, on this new venture. And currently I'm, I have the, the displays, you know, on an e-commerce site and then on Amazon and then fulfill, you know, shop orders as needed, but it's basically just things that are all ready to ship that are, that are easy to handle. Right. Which I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did that. Um, just to have a good balance of starting a new adventure, letting that one be in the back burner, still going on just softly or, you know, as many as you do. Um, and then going 100% to your new project, which is why we're here. We're in sweat theory down in the crossroads, 19th and grand. Um, it's a very organic, very organic vibe in here with like how the how you've built this place out so far you know wood cinder block very basic, simple but it's basic uh very very natural um but but it looks good and it it matches the the same aesthetic that the la location has and that's something that they're trying to keep consistent with you know each of their new locations um so sweat theory did it find you, or did you, or did you seek out Sweat Theory? Yeah, so I, I suck. I didn't. <laughs> I I went and found them basically. So uh, July of 2017, I was in LA working on on yet another venture that that we haven't talked about uh, currently, and. I had been following the Sweat Theory social account for a while, and they have awesome branding, and that's something that I pay attention to, and I was also just kind of interested in, in the business aspect of it. I'm not a huge yoga guy yet, but the thing that intrigued me with Sweat Theory were the saunas, and so when I was out there in July, I was I was in LA there in West Hollywood and I decided you know to go out there and and try out a sauna session and so spent an hour in there took a, a cayenne shot of cayenne powder and water you know to kickstart your sweat and then you get this this private sauna um, for an hour so it's basically like your own private spa and you know I I'd been traveling, been running around. Then I, I had this hour when I was there. And like from the moment I walked in, it just the vibe and the people, it was calming and relaxing. And just the entire experience, I kind of fell in love with. Um, I'm not sure if it was the LA weather or if it was what it was, but something clicked with me and, and sweat theory. And so, you know, I, I spent an hour in the sauna and sweat profusely, um, then took a nice cold shower after and felt, I walked out of there feeling amazing. Um, and the next day, I, I was there for two days, so the next day I went back and did it again. And- You were hooked. I was hooked. <clears throat> and so I ended up, I, I ended up going back to LA again in August and was like, okay, well, duh, I'm going back to sweat theory. So I got there and then that time I, I started looking at how it was built and how they ran things. And you know, half of it is saunas and half of it is an infrared yoga studio and just kind of tried to figure out how this business ran and you know there was a, a chance that I could have replicated this on my own and there's a sauna manufacturer in Kansas City I could have went with them and and done my own thing and which you know I've done that before and I was kind of wanting to be part of something more this time versus just my own venture and so after that trip, I sent an email to, to, to Sweat Theory and, you know, said, hey, 
I'm interested in possibly opening a franchise out here if, you, if that's what you guys are doing and wanted to get info about that. I think the best things come about like that is um, immersing yourself in the environment, learning how they do things, replicating it, making it your own, starting it, you know, and on that first day opening that first door. I mean, I didn't know there was infrared yoga. That's fucking insane. And, you know, hearing that, a, a lot of people might not know what that is. Uh, you will know, or you might be familiar with hot yoga. You know, that's, that's everywhere. There's multiple places in Kansas City that have that. Uh, the infrared, so both the saunas and the entire studio, those are heated by infrared panels. And so that's the heat that comes from the sun, basically. I mean, it's not, it's not coming from the sun now, but it's the same, right. it's the same thing. Right. And that heat and that technology works a little different with your body than just hot air that you're walking into in a standard, you know, a standard sauna or, or a steam room or a hot yoga room. Um, most hot yoga, or every other hot yoga room is heated by, you know, a furnace, like it's hot air. Sure. And, or, or they might have some heaters in there, um, but it's not, it's not necessarily easy for everyone to be in there for long amounts of time. And with the infrared, it reacts, it's a little bit more gentle. It still produces the same effects, but it's easier on your body uh, while, while you're in there. It, um, it looks like an igloo in there. So it's very like, you get me right? Like it's very yeah. like a uh, homey, like welcoming. I mean, this whole fucking place is so welcoming and um, down to earth homey is what I call it. You know, the, the, what you want in a business for the first impression anyway is a very great vibe and energy. And obviously you got that at the place in LA, right? Absolutely. And aside from myself getting that vibe, um, you know, after, after the, the sauna and the shower, you know, you want to, you're still sweating. You want to kind of chill out a little bit. They have next door, um, they have also an organic, it's not a restaurant, it's more fast casual type stuff. It's called Life Food Organic. And, you know, so after you do a yoga class or a sauna, you go grab some healthy food or some juice and, you know, people were just hanging out there. And there's not many, I mean, there's coffee shops that you hang out at, but there, it's not like you go to the gym and then you hang out there afterward. But people at Sweat Theory, that's what was going on. And it's because of the environment and, and the atmosphere. And I loved it. Yeah. Um, when the community is built properly with a strong foundation and you know positive believers and leaders, that vibe is created. So I'm so happy that you're bringing that here in the crossroads because it just it blends in so well of what's going on down here right now with all the new developments, um, like the parlor and then other market spaces opening and giving other people opportunities to do what they love and to be able to display something that, you know, like artists and whatnot, you know, first Fridays and everything that goes on down here. I think the best thing for, to have this sort of thing to fit in here is perfect because on the website, I mean, they say it's sweat detox and repeat, which is awesome because, um, down here is a lot of like party venues and people where they need some mental and physical therapy to themselves, which is each stall, you know, that you have here. I thought it was really interesting that um, they also had like uh, vitamin injections, right? right? Right. Correct. Correct. So there's uh, a few different uh, combos of these, these vitamin injections. And the first one I got was a, a B12 complex shot. And that, that was kind of to boost my... Was it in the ass? Yes, it was. Okay. And I, I wasn't necessarily prepared for that. But, uh, you know, you just, just barely pull the pants down just a little bit. And it, it takes two seconds. And it, it was literally painless. Like, I, I don't like needles. When I get my blood drawn, I can't look. I can't look at anything because 
I'll, I'll start to get wheezy or woozy and pass out. Um, but no, this was, was painless. And that was kind of an immune booster because you've been, I was in this airplane with, with air that's recirculated with, I'm guarantee there were some sick people on there and you know, that has an effect on your body. But so that's one of them. Uh, but they also have, uh, you know, a combo for, for menstrual cramps for, for the ladies. There's one that's a, a fat burner. Um, there's one for skin, hair, and nails. The liquid Zen, where it was like a stress reliever. Yes. That spoke out to me. Yes. Sure. And so there is a, a liquid Zen that, that is, um, that does help with, with stress and just kind of a, a calming sensation of sorts. And Honestly, I, I can't tell you exactly which all vitamins are in there right now. Um, I will know that in the future, but right now, you know, Sweat Theory Corporate, they know that. With this project, I've been handling everything, construction, marketing, hiring, and, you know, some things. I, I have to, to get this thing built before I can explain to people what it is. Right. Which, again, we, we appreciate you allowing us to come in here and to see this space because um, I'm sure you come in every day and go, what, what's next? What do I have to do next? Um, so what I have, the, the next question is, is what was, you, what was the, the parallel thinking of going, this would be the best idea for this location? Like, why did you choose Crossroads? Yeah, so... I have a, a membership at WeWork, which is just, it's a, a co-working facility that's just about 100 feet away. And I had joined them, joined with that company. Uh, basically, I wanted an office space for headstand displays outside of my home because while working from home is nice, sometimes it's not. And it's not the most productive and you have, if you have pets, you get distracted with them and all kinds of stuff. So I was working at this office here in the crossroads and drove past this building multiple times before I even had the sweat theory idea. And after I did start communicating with sweat theory, I, I'm kind of a hands-on guy. So I made mock-ups of, well, I, I saw this building for lease and it really just kind of matched perfect with what their building is. Um, when you walked into the space, so none of this was here, did it all come to live in your mind? We're like, this is where that's going to be, and this is where the infrared yoga class is going to be and everything? Well, so even before that, um, I took a picture of the exterior of the building, and then I pulled it up in Photoshop and mocked up just the outside. And that was like the first, I sent that with an email to the owners whenever we were discussing things. And I was like, this is kind of my first idea. Um, so I had not even been in this building at the time. I just knew it was for lease. I looked in the windows. Um, I saw potential. I wasn't set on this location, but I thought it could be a, a great opportunity um, and, and location for it, but it, it wasn't set quite yet in stone. Um, how long did it take to come up with the idea of, um, how opening a shop? Like, did you, so when the idea hit you in 2017 to do this, when did it start beginning? When, when was the first day you started like, um, building this place? So my, building permit was approved uh, July of 18. And that's when legal construction could start. Uh, my lease started in March and I negotiated some, some free rent. So, you know, I wasn't paying while nothing was happening here. But my dad, he's an electrician or he owns his own electrical contracting business. And before we had our permit, we, you know, did a little, little work in here, but major work was not able to begin until July. And that was 
due to a seven week delay on getting my building permit from the city. So one thing I'm sure you've learned over this process is patience and commitment. Um, when do you plan on opening the, the sweat theory? Well, so after, I mean, I have a running task list of hundreds of, of items. Oh, Some of them are small, you know, but they, each thing is, is an actual to-do. Um, after discussing that with the corporate owners, they said March, but I'm very hopeful for middle of next month. That's so fucking awesome that we're here and it's still not open. I'm still amazed by that. Uh, you look at me like, it's, it's, it's kind of cool, but I'm just like, no, this is fucking awesome. Like, we're in a building that has yet to set off and that I can already feel the energy here. And that's what I want to share to you is like, this is insane. Um, I want to... I want to ask you a question kind of more deeper in yourself of um, if someone was to ask you, let's say the day you're open, they're like, what is sweat, sweat theory to you? What does that mean to you? Yeah, so really it's a sweat theory is a place that you can come into or I can come into and try to find a, a grounding point and kind of a reset, whether it's mental or physical um, to get you back to a healthy perspective. Um, you know, sitting in the sauna, I listen to podcasts or, you know, some instrumental music and like do some meditation, you know, that gets the mind right. Um, at the same time, you're, you're sweating a lot and burnt, the, the saunas, they, they speed up your metabolism. So you're burning burning calories and burning fat while you're in there too. So again, whether it's a mental aspect that, you know, you're, you're feeling down and kind of need, need a boost and need something to reset or whether you've been, been eating too much junk food and been doing a little bit of drinking down here in the crossroads, uh, you know, you know, you need to detox and this is just kind of a, a one-stop shop to try to get you feeling better. It's, it's exactly what they say on their website, sweat, detox, repeat, and try to have that lifestyle to blend into your normal lifestyle to make it better. And I love that because it's uh, one thing that I've learned, especially um, most recently, is like going to go get yourself healed, whether it's physical or mental or whatever, always, you know, it's like it's the, the next day you're kind of like, oh, it's a restart. You know what I mean? It's it's now time to tackle those tasks or do something important in my life or start the resolution and lose all the weight. You know, let's begin here. I know that this is a place and a, a sanctuary where you can, you know, restart and to um, to grow from. You know what I'm saying? And also, aside from that, um, back to the the previous comment about, you know, you don't hang out at the gym after you're after you go work out, you're ready to get out of there and, and go get on with your life. Uh, you know, whether it's employees at the LA location that are off work, like they're, a lot of times they're there, I mean, hanging out and just kind of enjoying the environment. And I wanted to provide a place that people could get that same feeling here in Kansas City. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was thinking, you know, if I don't do this, someone else might. And I, I'm i the one that fell in love with sweat theory, so yeah. I wanted to do it. That, that's so parallel with Dom and I and the whole crew with Street Wave is that we're all on the same page and we're all, you know, moving forward um, together and, like, building a community. Because in the, the day, that's what you're doing. You're building a community, and that's incredible. And um, that's very important to us because what we try to do is – um, there's so many communities in the city right now. We're trying to like slowly but surely mend them together to where like you know, and like that that's so much responsibility. Let's just be honest. Like that's a lot of time, like a lot of hours. You're gonna be tired and everything. So I think always building a community that's around other communities is just we're just building something together. You know what I mean? From different areas, whether you're in yoga or you're a street artist or you're a producer 
or whatever in the city, we're all artists and creatives. And that's what you are, man. You're, you're creating community, man. It's insane. Well, and, and along with the community aspect, uh, part of the reason I, I did want to move forward with Sweat Theory was because I hit it off so well with the owners. And there's a huge chance that you're, you're not going to get along with, with someone. And I just, it was like, from the first email I got back from Olivia, one of the co-owners, we just kind of clicked. And then after I met Julian, the, the other owner, he's extremely intelligent person, um, super humble, very kind. I, I wanted to, to stick around those people. I wanted to learn from them and wanted to learn from Julian. He's, he's an architect by trade and I'm interested in design. I don't, I don't know if I would ever pursue an architecture degree, but you know, I've, I'm the general contractor on this project and I've designed, I mean, I did the first layout for what this was gonna be and massively enjoyed it. And so, you know, I, I really wanted to, to kind of stick with them and see what I could learn from people that are smarter and, and more experienced than me. Yeah, surround yourself around like-minded people in a sense, but also people that can build you up and you can learn from. That's what we're, that's exactly Street Wave. That's, that's what we do. That's what we try to um, always push towards and challenge people, um, whether it's like on the phone or physically face-to-face, -face, you know. Um, so with, I know, I know there's, this is your goal, 2019, to open the spot. After it opens... Is there any other goals you want to achieve for 2019? Well, um, monthly profitability <laughs> is a major goal. Yeah, yeah, sure. um, the other thing, I've, I've ran things very lean. Um, I mean, this is, this is a budget project. I mean, every project has a budget, but this is a smaller budget project, and I'm trying to work with, with what limited funds I have while still making this as as best as it can be and so you know what we have four instructors that are currently hired um, with planning with four or five classes per day and I want to to see you know how many classes that we can start filling each day and and I do want to hire a couple other instructors and and provide you know some some benefits for them um, and then also slowly start improving what's already here. I mean, everything I've chosen is up to the standards that I feel that the LA location has and what I have, but there's always something that could be done better in the future. And so there's plans that I have for, for upgrades whenever, whenever that is possible. Yeah. I think always projecting and putting things and goals and um, achievements in front of you to, to go after is always a healthy thing to do. And it might not be a, a 2019 goal, but definitely uh, 2020, you know, as hopefully if things go well here, we'll be expanding to other markets in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously another, another major goal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the goal for us and for, for Street Wave this year is especially pre-planning for the, the second annual uh, live podcast that it's going to be this summer. Um, we're really looking forward to just new um, new connections and however we can do that here as well and getting the word out for Sweat Theory and everything. Um, the Instagram handle um, where we can find out or where we can go to find out more information about what's going on here. Um, do you have any like website or any? Yeah, so um, it is just Sweat Theory. So that's on Instagram. Uh, it's Sweat Theory, but only one T. So it's merged together. Um, they have a an LA Facebook page. We have a Kansas City Facebook page. But to, I mean, it is a a long term corporate goal to have you know, franchises across the country. And so they want to keep a consistent branding um, 
aesthetic and vibe. And so they're they're holding the one Instagram account. And I had tried to to break off and you know say I know I can do something great with the Kansas City sweat theory case. Right. Come on. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's like there's um, oh gosh, I'm bl- I'm brain farting on the name right now, but. Uh, there's a very high-end gym um, that they're in LA, Chicago, New York, and you know they don't have they don't have a separate handle for each of their cities, and I understand that. And you know, part of being being part of a corporate franchise is is dealing with some some limitations. Um, but yeah, so the Instagram that's the best place to to figure out what what sweat theory is about and what experience you're going to get here. Um, but then there also is sweattheory.com. Um, we did have a sweat theory KC that I started in the beginning and then, um, we merged that with the main one and I was happy to, to cut that bill out. (laughs) Basically it's only 30 bucks a month, but still, you know, (laughs) one less thing to worry about managing another website. Um, and then, yeah, so those are, those are the main main social accounts to to go to awesome um so brandon presley we've we've learned what you've done and what you're doing with sweat theory now we always give the artists at the end just kind of a line if they want to say anything to the listeners about what you're doing with sweat theory or how you're feeling about um the community or whatever that's on your mind if you want to share anything you can for the listeners um if not you can just drop the mic and we can end it it's up to you no uh well, so there's obviously there's so many motiv- motivational quotes that you can read online, and some of them, you know, have substance, some of them don't. But one I've read it in the past, and and one that I've read recently, you know, there's people that are less educated and less um, qualified than you that are doing things because they they have they thought they had the potential in themselves to do it. And I've never done a brick and mortar company. I've only done, you know, online stuff or, or things like consulting things or, or displays that I shipped out of my house or, or my dad's shop that I share with. And I've been around the construction industry, but this was something that was completely out of my realm. And yet I, you know, sometimes you just have to dive in and go to, you just take it step by step and break it down and just see where it goes. You're going to have hiccups and then you're going to have backtracks and things are going to be more expensive and they're going to have more steps, but just keep powering through with it and it's going to be worth it in the end. That's awesome, man. I appreciate your time. I know we've said that so many times, but I really do. Um, We're down here in 19th and Grand and Sweat Theory, and we out.